Our passage this morning is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, verses 35 through 36 and 50 through 58. But someone may ask, how are you raised from the dead? What kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we all will be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Thank you, Terry. Well, good morning. Thanksgiving time, uh, this last Thanksgiving, uh, the Alexanders, our good friends, and the Richies, we went to uh, Los Angeles area, and we ended up going down the walk of all the Hollywood stars, looking at all the different names and people who had been put on the walk of fame and all the Hollywood stars, and then you show up at the Grauman Theater along the walk. And as we're walking and we're about to reach the Grauman Theater, we saw him. There he was. The resurrected Michael Jackson was there. We could see him from a distance. And as we came closer, there he was. He looked, he looked a little different, but we were pretty sure it was him. He had the glove. And then he did the moonwalk. That really reassured it for us. And then we went up to, to actually touch him. And he said, that'll be $10, please. <laughs> Wasn't the resurrected Michael Jackson. It sure looked like him. And to get a picture or to touch him was 10 bucks. We always wonder what it's going to be like, our resurrection. What's going to take place? What's going to... What's going to happen with our bodies? What will we look like after the resurrection happens? It was what was happening in Corinth. Jackson's been teaching us on the resurrection. 
the Corinthians were struggling with the resurrection taking place. Did Christ really rise from the dead? They were struggling with how it was all going to play out, and they were really skeptical on actually, you know, is this going to take place for us? Did Christ rise from the dead, and how does this play out in our spiritual lives? And it even goes further for them. If the resurrection does happen, and if we are raised from the dead as followers of Jesus Christ, how's that going to look? What are our bodies going to look like? And that's what we're going to dive into this morning. Trying to understand the resurrection, what God has in store for us when he returns, or when we die and go to be with our Lord and Savior. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this morning, and I thank you for these beautiful saints out here who love you. And I pray, Father, that you will uh, speak to our hearts this morning, that you will remind us of the hope we have in you, that as followers of you, Lord Jesus, that you have eternal life for us, that you've forgiven our sin and that we will rise with you. And so, Lord, as we look at your scripture this morning, would you open our eyes to see that, the hope we have, to fill us full of your joy, anticipation, peace, because of who you are and what you've accomplished in your death and resurrection. So we thank you for your good word this morning, in your precious name. Amen. Verse 35, but some will ask, the skeptics will ask. And they'll say, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? And Paul's response to that is, just look at the garden. You know, we have this beautiful king's garden out here. And if you've been watching, you saw that months ago, people are in the field and they're planting seed in the field, preparing for a crop. And if you look out there now, you're starting to see things that are growing up out in the field. Look at the cover of your bulletin. Paul's saying exactly this. You ask this question about how will the dead be raised? What will they look like? God's given it to you in nature, how it takes place. We plant this little seed into the soil, and all of a sudden, this beautiful flower appears. It looks nothing like the seed. We plant the seed in the garden out here, and out comes salad in a bag. Amazing. It looks nothing like the seed that we've planted. This is what God does with us. He does it in nature all the time. That little shell around the seed, it must die, it must crack open, and it gives birth to new life. A beautiful flower that looks nothing like the seed. 
What you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, verse 37. This isn't, the seed isn't what's going to be. This, this flesh that we have right now is not what will be. It's just a seed. What will grow out is so much more beautiful. How foolish, he says, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. You see, there has to be death for the resurrection to happen. For new life, there must be death. For Jesus Christ, there must be death. And for us, there must be death. But that's not all there is. New life. The Corinthians are still skeptical what it's going to look like. And we have those questions, don't we? Well, if this body is destroyed, this, if, if this flesh comes to new life, and God's going to, to restore and give us a new body, if you're real practical and you're starting to, to, to go, wait a second, I've seen dead bodies. I've seen them in, in the worst shape, and I've seen them where they've been placed in a, in a casket, and they don't look anything like life, and God's going to raise that up. Well, there's a body there in the casket. What about, what about cremation? What if we choose to have our bodies cremated? Are we testing God with that? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty took a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men, they could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Is that the case with God in cremation? Or where our bodies have decayed? Can God not put that back together again? And Paul speaks to what's going on with God and reminding us that God the Creator, God who breathed life into us, can bring us back, can do whatever to bring us into a resurrected body. Cremated bodies that have been decayed, whatever the shape or condition of that physical flesh, that must die in order for that beautiful flower to grow. Resurrection life. Verse 38, you see, God gives it the seed, a body, a new body, and he has determined, and to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. God has determined, and God will give, and God will create a new body for us. And again, we go, boy, Lord, that's amazing. How do you do that? We forget God the Creator, I think, sometimes. He just needs a little dust. And he says, I'm going to give to each kind its own body. There's different kinds. There's the animals and the, and the fish. And there's the stars that 
they have their own seed and they, they glorify in their own way. And the, and the sun and the moon and all of this seen, verses 39 through 41, not all flesh is the same. And as you read verses 39 through 41, speaking of, of these types of different flesh creation, it brings us back to Genesis, in my mind. And God made the animals, and God made the moon and the stars and the sky. It brings us back to God's the creator. He's the one who can create anything. That from dust. He can speak forth and there is creation. Because God is life. What happens when we die? For those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, who have surrendered our life, to Jesus Christ. We will be raised again with him in a new body. What that totally looks like, we don't know. But it's a new body. And it's a promise that God gives us, that Jesus gives us, that he gives us through his Saint Paul. He gives us a body, not all flesh is the same. All the creation's different. So you go, well, do all dogs go to heaven? You know, it's an interesting question people ask a lot. Will I see my scruffy in heaven? And, and, and you really kind of have to wrestle through it. The Lord speaks here about, through Paul, that it's not the same. People have one flesh, animals have another. And again, it's speaking of his creation and his recreation. We know, that, we know that animals don't have a spiritual relationship with the Savior. But, at the same time, we know that God made all these wonderful animals. For our pleasure, for our needs, sometimes for food. But I think oftentimes just for our pleasure. Because God loves to bring us joy. And you guys know that your animals bring you joy. And so will they be in heaven as we dwell with God? A little scruffy again? I don't know if it will actually be scruffy, but do I think there will be dogs and, and beautiful animals in heaven? I guess I do. It's part of his wonderful creation from the get-go. In perfect creation, remember, he created the animals. Why wouldn't that be part of our life eternally? I don't think it's the case. But then you really do ask the, the hard question, well, what about cats? <laughs> Scripture doesn't indicate cats make it. <laughs> Everything recreated. Everything recreated in his glory. So much more beautiful. You think color is amazing now? One of my dear sisters went out to go see the aurora borealis, you know, the beautiful color in the sky. You think that's beautiful. Wait till you see color in heaven that just radiates from our God. It's all going to be new. But we live in these bodies now. As Ray Steadman calls them, he calls them the earth suit. We're in our earth suit. I like that. And we will get a heaven suit someday. 
There is a recreation, verse 42, and so will be the resurrection from the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It's raised imperishable. He, he does this contrast between what is sown and what is raised. Here's what he says is sown. In this, in this body, this flesh, this flesh is perishable. This flesh is sown in dishonor. That just means, that just means it kind of, it, it just, it, it's decaying flesh, you know. The older we get, you know, it just kind of all gets saggy and flabby and all that stuff. It's just the way it is. It's dishonor. It's sown in weakness. It's amazing how we think we're so strong. It's sown in the natural flesh, the soul. But it's raised, and here's, here's the thing you've got to see. It is raised, and what is true of Christ is true of us. It is raised, like Christ, one, imperishable. It is raised in glory. Beautiful, these bodies of ours, although getting older and, and decaying more and more, they're going to be awesome bodies. Beautiful. Absolutely amazing. Perfect. They're going to be raised in power of Christ. They will be raised spiritual. That's the beautiful contrast. And so the promise is, if there is a natural or a soul body, the soul that, that, that functions, our feelings, our mind, our heart, our soul, if there's a soul body, there is also, the promise, a spiritual body. This is what we hold on to and our hope is in. If there is this body in the flesh, and it is sown one way, here's the promise. As followers of Jesus Christ, you will be raised with Christ, and your body will be made new. It's not a, it's not a, a reconstruction job. It's not you come in and you do a little work on the kitchen. It's a whole new body. whole new body, raised with Christ. We're so concerned about our bodies. We always want it to be bigger and better. Everything about us right now in this, in this community we live in is so concerned about what our bodies look like, how people view us. We want to be remembered for, again, just our great bodies, our good looks. You know, at the same Grauman Theater, they have, they have all the, the handprints and the footprints in the, in the stone, if you've been there. It's really pretty amazing. And so a little while ago, when, uh, when the guys were doing uh, Ocean's 13, uh, George Clooney and Matt Damon and Brad Pitt, they had been to Grauman Theater, and they were going to get their feet put in. And they had noticed when they went over to uh, Clark Gable's hand and feet, they noticed how tiny his feet were. And they didn't want to be remembered that way. See, what they did, <laughs> they showed up, they showed up, they, they wear, uh, George Clooney and Matt Damon have size 11 feet. They showed up wearing shoes that were size 14. Size 14. They said, we don't want to be remembered for having little feet. And so we talked to each other, we said, hey, it's time to man up. Let's be remembered for being men of great stature and great feet. So they went in with size 14 feet. I want my memory to be I was a little man. 
We're so concerned about what we look like. The Corinthians were also, we, we, wonder, we wonder what age we'll be in heaven. You know, there's, there's a lot of heaven books out there. One of the heaven books where the little boy went to heaven, he says, uh, he says everybody in heaven was around age 30. I don't know. I don't know what age we're going to be in heaven. Jesus was 33, so maybe we'll all be 33, you know. And again, we wonder, what about little babies? Are they going to stay little babies? We don't know the answer to that. I think God's going to grow them up probably to at least be able to be in relationship. But we always ask that question, and how is this going to take place? And we, we want a glimpse of that. And we do want the grander body besides 14 feet. Scripture gives us a little bit of indication, not a lot, but a little bit, of what the resurrected body might look like. We, we see at the tomb, when the Marys are there at the tomb, there's angels that show up, but also in one of the gospel accounts, Jesus shows up and comforts the women. And, and what does the scripture say, do you remember? What does he look like? Yeah, a gardener. He thought he was one of the gardeners. So Jesus, in resurrected form, at the tomb, is a physical being, looks a little different. Didn't recognize him at first, thought he was one of the gardeners. But then as he spoke forth truth, they came to recognize who he was. There's some guys on the road to Emmaus. And all of a sudden, a, another travel partner shows up and starts talking to them. And what's going on? And they're like, dude, catch up on life. Don't you know what's happening? Where have you been? In a grave? Something like that? Yeah, what happened is that the king of the Jews, the Messiah, he died and everything stirred up. And he starts talking to them and then starts sharing the gospel with them, starts sharing basically the story of salvation about what was expected and what was to come and, and how that was a fulfillment. And then he disappeared from their presence. And they're like, oh my goodness. Didn't we know this burning in our soul that as he was speaking to us that that was Christ? And they went and told the disciples and all those who they came in contact with. Physical presence in body, in relationship, in communication. Next scene we see the disciples are gathered together. The scripture is real clear. The doors were locked because they were fearful that they were going to be killed, right? And so they're talking and, and they're hanging out. And all of a sudden, Jesus is in their midst full body. And yet, he showed them the wounds. I think he, he left those wounds just to show them. I think, again, in heaven, our, our bodies are going to be whole. But I think to mark who he was, the wounds were there. He allowed Thomas to touch. He was present physically, but again, how did he get in the room? Is there something about a resurrected body that is just able to travel through? 
and he was hungry. He said, give me some food. And he enjoyed food with them together. You know, all throughout scriptures, as you read the scriptures, the thing that's wonderful about them is you see banquets everywhere. It's always about banquets. We're going we're gonna to have banquets in, in the kingdom of God. Sometimes, again, as we think through, what does our resurrected body look like? What do we have to look forward to? Scripture gives us that. A little glimpse. Bodies that eat. Bodies that are in relationship. And here's one of the things, and I really believe this. The relationships that we have now, spiritually, that we have right now, I I think those just continue into eternity. Again, our our bodies may look a little differently, but like the disciples and everybody else, they recognized Jesus, and they continued in relationship while he walked on the earth. How did they know him? Because of who they were to the core. Do I think we're going to know each other in eternity? I, I do. Because we're spiritual beings, and this is really who we are. And will that continue, and will in bodily form, even though we will look different, will we continue to enjoy relationship perfectly in eternity with one another? I really believe that. And I believe Scripture indicates that a little bit with the resurrection of Christ. That all of a sudden we show up into eternity and it's like, oh, we've got to start all over again? And I don't think so. We're spiritual. What's our true identity? We're spiritual. So the question of will we, will we be just these floating spirits, these floating lights? I don't think so. I think God is going to raise us up. He's going to take these broken bodies of ours, whatever form they die in, and he's going to create new. And we get to have life with God forever and life together with one another. So, Frida, here we come. Really, that relationship will continue. We get to enjoy. New bodies, new life in Christ. We are raised up with Christ. It is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, verse 45. And and in that nature, we have the sinful nature that leads to death. The last Adam, which is Jesus... He is a life-giving spirit. In Adam, in the flesh, all that leads to is death. In Christ, the last Adam, it is life-giving. Because of the resurrection, because it actually happened, he didn't just stay on the cross. Because of all that he did, we are raised again in him. Ephesians 2 says... We were dead in our sin, but we have been made alive with Christ Jesus. And it is by grace that you have been saved. And God has raised us up with Christ, and he has seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That is the promise we have. That is the hope we have. And we will have new bodies with Christ. Raised again. The first Adam is death. The last Adam is Christ. Verse 46, the spiritual 
did not come first. This earth suit, or this, this heaven suit, did not come first. But the natural, and then after that, the spiritual. The first man was of dust, of the earth, and the second man is of heaven. This, this, the heavenly, the, the life-giving, that which is from heaven, did not come first. You know what? We live in a community where we have a lot of Mormon friends. And I would hope that in your relationship with your Mormon friends that you're in spiritual conversation. The reality is there's things about Scripture that we, we disagree with. And this is one of the areas. You see, our Mormon friends say it started in spirit, in the heavenlies. And then we came down from the heavenlies into bodies, into human flesh. And that's where it all started from. But Paul is very clear here. That's not where it started from. We started in this broken flesh, in broken humanity, sinful, in need of a Savior. Here. And our hope and our truth in Christ is that we'll be raised with Him into eternity. And so it's a conversation about the Lord and the Savior with our dear friends who are of the Mormon faith. And just as we've been born, verse 49, in the image of the earthly man, here's the promise again, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man, of Christ. We'll be raised with him. We will look like him. We are children of God. What is true of Christ is true of us. And then he finishes up chapter 15 with this wonderful section starting in verse 41 or 51 that there's a great mystery. There's a great mystery. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen very closely. I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we, followers of Jesus Christ, here's the promise, we will all be changed. We will all be renewed. This again is not just a a remodel job. It's a whole new deal. And we get to be part of that in Christ Jesus. He is going to change us. He's going to take that seed and He's going to grow a beautiful flower. So many stand at the graveside hopeless. The Greeks were as well. On many of their tombs, death was the enemy, would be stated. So many stand at the graveside, and where do they go from there? There is no hope. There is no life. And what God tells us through his word is that those who are not in relationship with Christ Jesus, that death is the outcome of that. And then death eternally, which is life separate from God. 
But his word this morning reminds us that we have a great hope. That we will be changed. The truth, the mystery has been revealed. We will be resurrected. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, it will take place. The trumpet will sound. In the twinkling of an eye is the idea it's going to happen quickly. Like Jesus says, nobody knows the day or the hour. The Father. It's going to happen. We could just be sitting here. Boom! In the twinkling of an eye. You know why I think the Scripture doesn't give the day or an hour? We should live expectant lives. There shouldn't be a generation that goes by that isn't hopeful that God is going to return now. In all His authority and in all of His power, in His full glory, He's going to return now. In the twinkling of an eye. And we will be resurrected. See, that's what Thessalonians 4 speaks of. The trumpet will sound. God will return and the dead will be raised. The promises of Scripture over and over again, as children of God, we will be raised from the dead, and we will be gathered together, Thessalonians 4, with Him. His dearly loved children. Verse 53, the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable. It must the inward reality of what happened in us, that we were transformed when we received Jesus Christ, it must get rid of the old and it will take on the new. Because that's living out what is actually true of us. And so death, where is your sting? It is the death of death as Christ returns. It is swallowed up. The stinger is removed. Sin is canceled and the strength of the law to condemn us is removed. And death actually becomes like a friend leading us into the presence of our Savior. And so in light of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is true, in light of the fact that he paid for our sin on the cross, died, and rose again, in light of all of that, he says, verse 58, stand firm, dear brothers and sisters. Don't let anything move you away from truth and life in me. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Set your sail on a course that is straight towards Christ. Let us live unto the Lord, standing firm on His truth. Let us labor nonstop. And you know what I think part of that labor is? Part of that labor is loving each other and loving this broken world so that they might know when they stand at that gravesite that there is hope beyond the grave. It's in Jesus Christ. As we place our life, our trust in Him, And let us continue to labor, letting people know the good news that God loves them, that He died on the cross. But dear gang, He didn't stay there. 
He rose again. And we as children of God, we too shall rise in our new bodies, placed in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the hope you give us in your word. Thank you for the truth that you are resurrected indeed and that your resurrection life dwells within us right now and that someday these broken bodies of ours are going to be raised again new. Life with you eternal. Thank you, Father, for forgiving us our sin. Thank you for cleansing, washing over that. Thank you for giving us new life. And Father, I pray for those in this room who don't know you, Lord Jesus, would your spirit touch them this morning? Would you speak to their hearts? Would you minister your love to them? And dear saints and those in this room who don't know Jesus, open your heart to Christ this morning. Receive his love. Receive forgiveness. Receive life forever. In your precious name, amen.